0: Welcome to Bright Perspective. I'm Karina Wingle, Marketing Director here at DePosco, and today we're talking about what great 3PLs are doing. I'm here with Ryan Barubi, a Senior Solutions Consultant on the DePosco team, working with many 3PLs. So Ryan, so what's what's a trend that you're seeing this year where, you know, in March in 2021, what's a trend that a lot of your 3PL clients are starting to shift towards?
1: Um, I'm seeing a lot of my 3PL clients uh, going under very aggressive acquisitions and uh, a lot of uh, buying up and uh, acclimating new customers into the marketplace. Uh, They've been a lot more aggressive since last year uh, with uh, the quarantining and COVID-19. I've seen a lot of them uh, have a lot of new ventures on their end. Uh, working with uh, not just domestically, but also branching out internationally. Uh, I've seen the biggest trends be uh, along uh, the lines of bringing in uh, smaller 3PLs uh, or uh, uh, warehousing distribution center companies and bringing in their clients into the fold. So We've seen a very massive growth over a very short period of time, and that's mostly been because of their operability during the quarantine.
0: Okay, and so let's talk a little bit about that. What were 3PLs able to do to shift that a lot of retailers and other companies struggled with during COVID? Uh,
1: I think the biggest one uh, is not just the variety of uh, carriers at their disposal and the various ways that they can... Uh, fulfill orders uh, that they've grown accustomed to. 3PLs in general have to be fairly dynamic, not just because of the volumes that they see, but also because of the different clientele that they work with. And they have to be very flexible. Uh, I would say the biggest thing uh, was uh, that they were able to operate even with uh, quarantining in place because um, 3PLs had a very unique situation where even if uh, a lot of their clients or most of their clients were considered non-essential businesses. If they were fulfilling for an essential business, they were still able to be open and fulfill for those other businesses as well. And so the three PLs, it's uh, a lot like having a diversified por- portfolio where even if uh, the stocks were lessened from one area or, of their business, uh, the other essential businesses that were uh, also clients of theirs kind of skyrocketed in, in necessity and priority and because of that they were not only able to survive in the marketplace but also really thrive and grow at a uh, pace that we weren't even seeing beforehand so really the quarantining and i would say uh, uh, coronavirus in general was really uh, kind of a market advantage for them because they were in this unique position to not only uh, keep the trend going but also uh, expand on what they were doing. And in the season where you saw a lot of diminished returns for other, uh, other types of companies, 3PLs had this unique ability to kind of grow and expand beyond their current capacities.
0: Yeah, yeah. And would you say with that being that they were able to fulfill the essential, but like you said, also fulfill the customers who they had who were non-essential items, did you see a lot of um, retailers shifting towards 3PLs due to that off of just um, relying on Amazon or other fulfillments based on if they couldn't get their orders out?
1: Right. I mean, 2020 in general, you just saw a huge shift to e-commerce in general, uh, just because people couldn't be there in person nearly as much. Um, So you did see a huge pickup with e-commerce platforms, but there was like more dips and the ability for them to operate with the essential versus non-essential 3PLs in general, since, uh, especially e-commerce 3PLs really got to see the uppermost trend of the marketplace in 2020, uh, not only because they were already accustomed to that volume and they could bring in other clients, which I definitely saw a huge uptick for my 3PL customers, uh, in, that marketplace but we also got to see that uh, because they were already accustomed to it they could meet the demands the growing demands and kind of bring on more of the uh, volume that were coming from those marketplaces where some of their customers would have some fulfilled through the 3PL and some internally now the majority of those orders are actually going through the 3PL itself and so you not only saw a huge higher volume of new customers coming onto 3PLs, but a higher volume of their actual customers internally uh, sending most of their orders through them to fulfill.
0: Nice, nice. And so would you say with that being that more orders were then going through the 3PL versus their other fulfillers, um, were there things on your end that you had to um, customize or fix or kind of shift to handle that amount of like new volume of orders?
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like the the biggest thing about 3PLs is uh, you're either constantly growing or you're constantly dying. It's just the name of the game when it comes to business. And uh, with 3PLs, any growth is good growth. It's just about being able to maintain that growth. We had to look at uh, different uh, optimizations in the picking and packing flows of their warehouses just to be able to compensate for the volumes, introduce things like bulk packing or an automated shortation lane uh, with conveyor that we would integrate with uh, any kind of way to expedite the process of getting orders out of this out of the warehouses and when you're dealing with those volumes you also have to uh, see you also see a huge expansion in the space that's required to house that inventory in the meantime Um, so it not only came down to optimizing flows within the warehouses but uh, some of my 3PL customers actually expanded warehouses uh, two, three warehouses last year just to be able to not only keep the trend, but also take advantage of the opportunities that were there with acquisitions of other DCs and warehouses and things like that. So definitely, definitely we saw higher volume. We had to do uh, a lot of bulk packing and mass printing of labels just to get the orders out. And that kind of made us reevaluate. Uh, right from the get-go of outbound fulfillment of how we were getting these orders allocated, how we were grouping them, trying to work with them to find the best way to uh, really uh, not only uh, optimize their current situation, but also help them in this mass uh, scaling season that they were undergoing throughout the
0: entirety of 2020. Yeah, yeah. And I guess out of those, so with the bulk packing, with the different outbound processes, or any of those things that you see them continuing to do um, as maybe volume goes down and we hopefully kind of shift out of this soon um, or later this year, hopefully, <laughs> or a lot of these things things that they discovered during 2020 that may continue on as they um, continue to grow.
1: Right. Well, so that's kind of the trick is, yes, volumes are down from uh, the retail peak season uh, as of now. but. Volumes are still higher than they were uh, to a larger, to a very large degree this time last year, and that's not just because of uh, the uh, increased dependence upon 3PLs, but uh, actually the added volume of customers that they've now acquired. Um, so that volume is is slightly diminished, but it's definitely not going anywhere, and it's definitely going to keep growing. Uh, and so, by all means, they're like we, when we put these uh, practices in place, we definitely put them uh, to help them in the long term to, to scale. And uh, I would say the the best part about what we had uh, from our three PL clients last year was uh, through all of that, not having any kind of performance issues in the environment, and really kind of giving them the confidence of we just had a, a million containers ship through the system in the month of December, and we've had zero performance issues in in, uh, in the warehouse. So being able to give that kind of stamp of approval is obviously very good for us and very good as a, a, like a confidence builder for the customer. But keep in mind that th- just because we're out of the peak season and yes, coronavirus is uh, hopefully on the downtrend to stay, uh, that doesn't mean that 3PLs are going anywhere. In fact, if anything, coronavirus, kind of put 3PLs in this position where they're going to be more necessary than ever because more people have been pushed onto the e-commerce way of of shopping and doing business. So I think that coupled with the acquisitions and the new customers they brought in, those uh, new scale uh, outbound processes really have to be there to stay because they're only going to keep growing.
0: Awesome. Yeah totally agree with that Um, and then one of the things that you said that you see a lot of the 3PLs that you're working with doing is um, international expansion which to me you know not even be able to go anywhere at the moment really even out of state sometimes in the United States at the moment is interesting that they are looking at expanding businesses internationally now and could you talk more on that and why why they're kind of looking at that shift with their expansions
1: Sure. And uh, honestly, it's the it's the same as why they were expanding domestically. And that's just because of the opportunities that, that kind of align themselves. Uh, I'm seeing opportunities in the UK, uh, especially in Canada and uh, the Latin America, um, d- definitely uh, seeing a lot more of uh, them going after things that are presenting themselves. It's not just a matter of Um, fighting to survive, but uh, fighting to dominate the marketplace. And this is a marketplace where people are expanding so much because they can expand without having too much competition and 3PLs are growing in number, but they still don't have enough to really serve the entirety of the market. Um, And because of that, they're really seeing um, that through this huge expansion domestically, there was also this need and opportunity internationally. Uh, I would say uh, 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 it has definitely slowed down compared to domestic just because international has a lot more complications uh, especially in the UK area, having to deal with currency conversion from like the pound to the Euro and things like that. Um, And so a lot of these 3PLs are getting into the international marketplace because they can. And now they're really starting to understand the, the, growing pains of what being an international company is. And so that's basically, I would say like the next big thing for my clients is really kind of branching off and really seeing uh, the differences uh, that uh, UK has to offer versus say like Canada or Mexico uh, and just kind of dealing with that and kind of balancing the requirements. And uh, I think the international market is one that's going to be a slower rollout for a lot of these 3PLs. But at the end of the day, it's going to be one where uh, because of what happened and because of lockdowns and because of like the, like, because of a lot of businesses have been impacted and want to scale back to where they originally were, or uh, maybe they've gotten back to where they were and they want to get back on track. They're going to see any kind of competitive edge. And th- third party logistics companies are just going to be one of those tools that people will reach out to and use. So it really doesn't matter where you are, it's just a matter of how fast they can get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that makes sense. And this might be a did the chicken or the egg come first kind of question, but do you think that's kind of because of the expansion and we want to, you know, acquire more customers in different countries or because? of all the customers that they have acquired over the past year and looking at those customers wanting to expand internationally and kind of keeping that customer loyalty by having locations in other countries. And, and it might be both, but I'm just interested to know what your thoughts are.
1: I mean, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, 3PLs look for international gain, uh, uh, not just because wow. they have a larger swath of potential clientele, it also makes them more, more lucrative for potential domestic clientele who also do international. Um, I think it, it's. I think it is a fairly accurate uh, description to call it the chicken or the egg, uh, just because whenever you kind of go into that marketplace or look to expand to to be international, it's not just for one reason. It's for a plethora of reasons, and I would say um, uh, a lot of my three PLs uh, specifically have branched out internationally uh, with uh, with the added benefit of being able to be a more lucrative competitor domestically. Um, uh, the international scene itself is good uh, for, for their business. It helps uh, kind of spread them out even further and allows them to uh, have opportunities and ventures on the other side of the ocean. But at the same time, I would say, uh, by all means, uh, the new businesses that have thrived and uh, uh, 3PLs aren't the only uh, companies to uh, have surprising success during uh, the quarantining but I would say uh, with a lot of these uh, small businesses, small businesses, a lot of them died and a lot of them took their place and uh, they kind of shook the market up a little bit to where there's a whole lot more players and a lot more potential customers for 3PLs to, to fight for And uh, what's more lucrative than being able to show that uh, a 3PL was not able to, not just able to meet the needs now, but is able to scale to a volume that they can't even fathom, and also potentially help them branch into an international scene. So uh, I would say it's it's probably more of uh, being uh, that kind of conduit and uh, pathway for a lot of their customers, but I definitely wouldn't rule out the former, which was just getting in there to bring on potential international clients as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, we're going to wrap up soon, but I have one last question for you. So as a retailer or even as a new 3PL and, you know, I'm looking at a lot of these that are doing international expansions and all these different things, um, I guess, functionality wise or customer service wise, what would you, um advise like a new 3pl or a retailer looking at 3pls to look for um for a successful 3pl to work with or to be
1: (laughs) no that's a very fair question uh i think the number one thing that i would look for is a 3pl that uh, has uh, a different clientele with similar capabilities and requirements and being able to see success with them i would say even more so uh Seeing a uh, 3PL uh, with, uh, um, honestly, the more variety I've seen a 3PL, the better I, uh, the more confidence I have in them, just because uh, that means that they're very flexible, uh, especially one that uh, is able to handle like perishable goods versus, uh, versus like, like equipment and uh, very, very, very flexible in terms of the types of solutions and requirements that their customers throw at them, and they're able to provide for. I would say one of the biggest things is uh, their ability to distribute, and uh, a lot of 3PLs have been able to expand this year and be able to have coast-to-coast um, fulfillment obligations. And uh, I think the biggest thing when people are looking for like a business partner, it's not just a business partner that's going to meet them where they are. It's going to help them kind of grow past their current ability uh, by themselves. And so I would definitely look for uh, a 3PL uh, or a potential partner uh, if you're in the retail space that can not only uh, like help introduce some better practice in terms of e-commerce, because e-commerce is constantly changing and growing, but also is one that is able to not only meet you where you are, but also meet you where you will be in three years because uh, with 3PLs and the growth that they've had and with the increase in e-commerce activity, uh, 3PLs are growing, growing very rapidly and their, their, uh, their clients are also growing very rapidly too. And so when you meet uh, and discuss things with 3PLs, you really, really want to have the future in mind because you're going to be growing at a very fast pace and you're going to want someone who's going to be able to keep up with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome advice for sure. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us. Um, Appreciate all the insights and um, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Bright Perspective.